Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. America's Heroes Group. It's the new year, January 8th, 2022. January is also Cervical Cancer Awareness Month. And we have a roundtable partner. She serves, she matters, she voices coalition with partner Sista Soldier. Our host is Cliff Kelly. I'm Sean Claiborne. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith. And a digital media producer is Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions. So we have a U.S. Army veteran, president, CEO, She Vet Inspire. Happy New Year, Sister Soldier. Happy New Year. Same to you. How are you today? Doing good. New Year. We got some snow in Chicago. What's new? <laughs> How's the weather? Yeah, it seems at? like it's. I right now I am in the D.C. area, and we are having that same experience. Okay, so we're all in the same boat. I don't mind shoveling every now and again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So you want to talk about <laughs> managing life during workforce shortage? Now, this is going to be a this is going to be a good conversation. So, people listening at home, also listening on uh, whatever uh, application platform you're doing, make sure you see us on Facebook live streaming and like and share so you can stay connected and also get inform- information resources. You can also listen to America's Heroes Group on the iHeart Radio app. Just search America's Heroes Group and watch us on digital TV streaming on Roku. Amazon Fire, Apple TV, and the Zandra TV network. So let us know some things we, we need to talk about as far as how do you manage life during this workforce shortage. So there's to give some people some background. This, this, we have an unemployment rate of 3.9%, okay? It used to be as high as 15%, uh, which, is, which was just during the, during, during the pandemic. And the pandemic first kicked off last April or so. It was about, actually, well, April 2020, it was about four, about 15% almost, like 14.8%. Now it's down to about 3.9%. But that still means that 6.3 yeah. million people don't have work. So tell us what do we need to know? What should we be doing? What should be in our toolbox to toward, sort of fix this kind of uh, situation? And also one thing I want to talk about, which a lot of people don't talk about, is underemployment. People that are working but don't make enough money to take care and make make ends meet. Because that's also a very serious issue right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is definitely a, a, a serious issue. Um, inflation has has rise, risen, and you know families are trying to figure out. And, and people, as you mentioned, the unemployment rate of being fourteen point nine percent and now three point nine or three point eight. People are still saying there's not they're making money. Some of them are making money, but they're not making enough to feed their families. Mm-hmm. So that is an issue. And um, I was just just speaking uh, roughly the other day with someone about they raised the un- they raised the um, the standard rate for the hourly rate. However, it's still not enough. I remember when President Biden 
got into office and they were speaking of raising it to $15 an hour. And yet some states are still paying less than $12 an hour. Mm-hmm. And so $15 an hour really only equates to $3,000 a month. Mm-hmm. And we know that the economy requires more than that for a household to maintain itself. Yeah, definitely. So, and there's also, the getting to be fair, there's also a debate about, um, which we don't have to get into, because that's a, that's a whole other conversation about the effects of raising the, uh, the minimum wage over and over and over again, because this is, becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. You raise inflation, you raise uh, the minimum wage, but then you raise prices. So now you got to raise it again, but then they raise prices again, so it becomes a, a cycle. Yeah. And you never really get yeah. out of it. So because prices are too expensive, it's like a, ch- a dog chasing his tail. And that's just an, a mechanism of economics. However... I mean, I would argue that, you know, what needs to happen is we need to start re- looking at how we do things and not just in store. We can sort of end that endless cycle of raising wages and also looking at regionally across the country. Not every economy is the same across the United States. In Alabama, it's way easier to live and cheaper to live than here in Chicago. You know, Maryland is very expensive, you know. So, I mean, so depending on where you are in the country also um, impacts you and also who employs you. If you're, if you're working, for a, uh, working at a bakery, a local bakery or a garage shop, a mechanic shop, and you're working for a guy that only has one or two employees, he's going to have a harder time keeping you um, fed than, say, somebody that's, that's Amazon or maybe, you know, or Procter & Gamble or something along those lines. So, so that's one thing we want to, you know, this highlight. But you know, Biden has an American's Jobs Plan. So, do you? What can you tell us about that? And what are some of the things that are that are coming down the pipeline? Because the the disconnect where people are, I think, are getting angst uh, in the country is because there is people are saying, well, the unemployment rate's really low. It's going three point nine percent. Although that's still talking, you're still talking about six million people, and that's six million people. Even if the unemployment rate moves a one percent. That's a that's a huge impact to the economy and to the actual country. You're gonna if you have a one, if you have a one percent movement in the unemployment rate, that means crime is going up. That means people are going to be filing for food stamps. That means there's a whole lot of stuff that happens. That's more than a few million people. If you're talking about a one percent movement in the unemployment rate, so even though it's three point nine percent, that's still a big number. That sticks six million people plus that's still looking for work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, his plan is 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 pretty much is is for hoping for people to uh, make more money, but it appears that it could possibly cause us to not make as money as much money because of the initiatives in hoping the way that the the nation's infrastructure is the way that it's made right now. And you said it, you said a mouthful when you said the way inflation is rising. Whenever we look at we look at the things that how um, inflation is rising and employers are now rising, raising their their prices because they're making they're trying to make up for lost lost uh, income mm-hmm. for less employees. Yeah, it all goes back. We can't look at the outcome of the situation without looking at the internal piece. And what's all driving this whole situation is the way that the COVID is is happening. And, you know, preparedness, readiness of the the um, people for the change that's happening in the market. I find it very, very uh, strange. And when I look at it, not so strange, but I find it familiar that to look and see that that 
COVID is causing us to shift. This is lasting way longer than what we anticipated. Yeah. And it's causing people to shift into this, this technology stage that we all knew that was going to happen, and yet we didn't really quite prepare for it. Even the employers didn't prepare for it yeah. because we were we were hoping, you know, we, we, we would take this gradual gradual step to get there. And so now we're there, and then what? So I want to really get into the pieces of what can the veterans do who are finding themselves in that gap. Some of them are prepared and looking for employment, and yet the employers are not ready for them. Hmm. So I think I think to off-balance this, we have to think beyond the idea of working for someone but preparing ourselves with the skills that we we have and that we've learned and acquired to be able to have this mindset that somewhere along the line we may have to implement our our management skills into an entrepreneur mindset. I agree with that. 100%. And begin to take it to whereas we are more in control of our destiny than allowing someone else to. Mm-hmm. And Looking at it from that perspective, what do we have in our hands? I remember when I was was um, assigned to Walter Reed and, and with this injury, we spoke about this the last time that I wasn't physically able to do what I what I was familiar with doing and what I was trained with doing. So I had to kick in from another strategic angle. And that is what do I have that will work for me? What can I, what can I do with what I have in my hand and my, 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 the training that I had, how can I maneuver my way through this situation? So when we look at it from that point, point of view and uh, throughout all of this, what has really changed, what's, what's, what's really amazing is that professional and uh, business services, transportation and warehousing have all started to pick up again. Mm-hmm. So the biggest job gains are in the professional and business services. That's where everything has started to shift to. Mm-hmm. So we can find ourselves in the mix somewhere up in there to be able to uh retrain ourselves, regird ourselves, and realign with what's really happening, then we will be able to offset our financial status and not so much wait for what the government has because how long did it take us to get to this point where they're still talking about um, minimum wage and going from, from, from just trying, you know, some, some employers cannot afford to go to $15 an hour. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yet these are the jobs that are available. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things. And those jobs are out and about in the, and those jobs are out and about in the economy and working in facilities and places that, that some of us are not comfortable going and working. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things that we have to, go ahead. ahead. No, I was going to say that one of the things that I think we're, that we talk about unemployment and also the job is a job shortage because um, there's there's a lot of uh, open positions out there. 
However, the problem is we're not we're not getting um, especially a lot of veterans in those positions. Um, veterans are, are great entrepreneurs, and also we do really well in logistics, and we do really well when it comes to technical skills. However, there's a lot of things that sometimes when veterans come out of the military, there's a disconnect between the skills that they acquire in the military versus what is actually um, needed or wanted in the um, in the in the civilian workforce. However, what people do like about veterans, which is there's a difference between your skills, which is what you know how to do. I can fix a truck. I can program a computer. I can you know do this or that versus your work ethic because you learn great work ethic and work characteristics in the military, being on time, you know, being uh, presentable, making sure that you're professional at all given times. You know, that the idea of looking in and 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 acting like a soldier, thinking like a soldier all the time, transitioning into that, into looking like an employee, thinking like an employee, doing what you're supposed to do all the time. Those are skills that are, that are taught to every veteran or to, um, to every person who joins the military. And that's what employers like and, and, and want to see, particularly in the white-collar jobs. But on the on the blue-collar side of things, I'm, seeing, I'm not seeing a lot of veterans get – they're, they're having a difficulty trying to take their skills that they've learned. Maybe they were in infantry. Maybe they were in artillery. Maybe they were in something else. And applying those and getting the um, the jobs they want in the civilian world. Yeah, yeah. And that is that you oh, – oh, you said it. So here's the thing. We all have project management skills. Okay. Do we not? Yeah, when we right. – everything that we were trained to do – taught us to have uh, project management skills, mm-hmm. the leadership skills that we have, no one can take that away. People, I hear people ask me all the time, that is the number one thing that they admire about veterans is that we are able to translate the skill ability that we have, that we've learned for structuring and managing pro- uh, projects. And because everything that we we did were based upon projects, we were given the tools to be able to manage them, and we always made a win. We 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 don't know what it's like to fail because we were always given what it took to be able to make this mission complete and make it happen. And those are project management skills. Mm -hmm. And so that is the that is one of the number one skills that that is in dire need today. And. We have that skill. So whatever industry it is that someone may be looking to uh, venture into, don't think that you don't, you're not equipped for making that happen, whether it is artillery or if it is, you know, working in uh, nuclear. There was projects. You had to know how to get it from point A to point B and be able there were steps that were taken in between that nobody else can really strategically think like that and make it happen as fast those what what it translates into is the business analysis mm-hmm. so so we know how to go in and see what's needed what's necessary to make the mission complete mm-hmm. and so those are project management skills so how do we take those, those are project management skills. Go, go ahead. So how do you take those things and turn them into entrepreneurial skills so what are some of the – what are so because you, you do this every day. You coach people on how to you know, build businesses, start jobs, uh, build up their, 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 their skill trade, their skill set. Um, what, are, what do you tell people in order to get them ready to become a business owner? So, so, so for one of, the, one of the things that we offer is a uh, basic project management skill test um, uh, course that helps them to be able to 
take their skills and break it down into bite-sized chunks to understand that the, 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 the issue that veterans have when we are transitioning is the terminology. And so if we could start from the basic asset of that and start looking at it, it's easy, easy to apply, and then we can take it and put it into any industry that we'd like, and those skills will, will uh, pay as much as $80,000. That's the start. Wow. That's the start. So if we could take those those basic skills that we have and being able to manage projects and using that, all we need is the skill set. It's not even necessary to have the 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 uh the certification. It's mm-hmm. just having the knowledge of how to basically break down a project and manage a, a individual business and, and companies need that because right now they don't want their businesses to fail. And so what we do, we help them to break down the basics of project management and help them to apply it in content management into digital arena. Mm-hmm. Because, again, that's where everything is going. So if someone, if we're, if we're looking at how can I take what I have and the knowledge that I've learned, I don't care what it was, our, our mission was in the service. We have basic project management skills that we can translate the military. And I love, I love my, I love my status. I tell you, I'm not going to bash my paycheck, but what happened when we exited, they didn't equip us for what the society wanted by giving us a certification. People want to see certifications initially. They're not like that anymore because now they're basing it based upon our experience. But initially they were looking at, if you don't have a degree, if you don't have a certification that says that you know how to do this, your experience doesn't matter. Well, that's not the truth anymore. Mm. That's not the truth anymore. So if we know how to break it down and if we can equip, just think about how many veteran owned businesses we could support by taking our mission and our, I, I, our skills and being able to support them. And we speak the same language now. Mm-hmm. How, how, how would that happen? That's like having a platoon, mm-hmm. a squad that you're working with and everybody know that you have your back. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you get in front of these, these opportunities? How do you get in front of the opportunity that to either start your business to get the resources you need or to get in front of that employer, they're going to pay you that $80,000 a year or more. Well, there are several ways. So you, the, if you look, there is, um, we, not only do we help you get the certification, but we will also help you as a content manager or someone in digital marketing, we can help you in that perspective. But if you go to the nationalfund.org, you will locate the workforce development initiatives in your local area. They will be able to guide you on various trainings that are available that are helping um, individuals locally, not just veterans, but local um, uh, residents to be able to translate and get educated to go out into the workforce. So there are many different um, industries and and, um, organizations, United Way, also have there they have different initiatives all over the country wow. that they are working with women yeah they are working with women and and they're partnering with local communities to help them to bring sustainability with like programs that last for 24 weeks to help um help parents and and teachers get into uh different career fields and support them with child care yeah. so they're like going to, again, the National 
fund.org and looking to see what's available in your particular area. If you go to the United Way, there's another one. Uh, one for veterans is Got Your Six. They will, Was they say, will got your help. Six, you said? Like, got, got Your, your Six. Okay. Got Your Six. There are six pillars that they go by, and they help transitioning veterans to be able to get their skills with support from one another. They also help with um, um, various local uh, organizations to connecting you with local organizations and veterans in, in the local area that can help support you with, with whatever you're dealing with. You know, we ha- we're used to support systems. And if we could be the biggest support system for each other, then we have each other's back. Because go. transitioning is not easy. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. But we have to just know where the resources are. If we know where the resources are, then we can we can connect one another. Sometimes it's just a matter of speaking with another veteran who has been where you are that can help you guide and navigate where you are in your local community. I appreciate your time, Sister Soldier, U.S. Army veteran, CEO of SheVet Inspire. Take advantage of these resources. Look Sister Soldier up online. Get access to some of these websites. What's the name of that one site again? I got you. I got your six is one. What was the other one? Unitedway.org and then the nationalfund.org. Appreciate your time. All right. Have a great day. All right. Happy New Year. You too. Bye for now. Bye-bye. This is America's Heroes Group. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.